Welcome to Powered by Evidence, a podcast by the Global Evaluation Initiative. We're a global partnership of organizations that help governments and public institutions create robust, country-owned monitoring and evaluation systems. In this podcast, we invite experts from our international network and other special guests to explore new ideas and revisit challenges that are still unsolved. We examine failures, reflect on successes, and discuss the way forward. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Hi, everyone. I'm Dugan Fraser. I'm Program Manager of Global Evaluation Initiative, the GEI. Thank you for joining us for another discussion on our podcast, Powered by Evidence. I'm really pleased to have an exceptional guest with us today, Soren Haldrup. Soren is with the UNDP Strategic Innovation Unit, where he manages UNDP's innovation facility, and he leads a new initiative called the M&E Sandbox, the name of which I love and which we're going to discuss a bit further. Before joining UNDP in July 2020, Soren worked as a senior consultant in Oxford Policy Management, working on public sector governance and political economy, including on monitoring and evaluation. One of the projects he worked on while he was there was the Open Government Partnership, and previously, he also worked with UNDP in Tanzania as an advisor in government in Zanzibar and as a researcher with the Danish Institute for International Studies. So, Soren, thank you for joining us. Lovely to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Great. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do with UNDP at the Sandbox. Absolutely. UNDP has set up what is called a strategic innovation unit, uh, which is a team I'm part of. Our job is to help UNDP figure out how to better understand and tackle complex systems challenges. So the types of problems that are really thorny that cut across many of the different sectors and silos we normally work in and where we don't necessarily know the solutions up front. So my team is working to help um, our colleagues in different countries figure out how to understand and tackle these types of problems. As part of that work, we quickly found out that one of the obstacles towards doing that type of work is how we currently do monitoring and evaluation. So we set up what is called an ME sandbox, which is a space where we try to sort of rethink these types of things. Tell me about the idea of a sandbox, because when I think of sandboxes, I think of play and fun and being creative and a bit unbounded is that the intention behind the name? To some extent, yes. Um, I would say so. The, the idea is to begin to create a safe space where we, our colleagues in different parts of UNDP, but also other organizations, people from around the world, get, get a bit of a space to begin to experiment, to learn from each other, to also get a bit of legitimacy and emotional support as they are all trying to push these new ways of working within their own organizations. So getting an opportunity to kind of have this safe space for experimentation, uh, for learning between different organizations, that's sort of the idea of a sandbox. So in a way, it is a, a space for, for play. Let's talk a little bit about the whole issue of monitoring and evaluation and, and where it's at right now and why it is that you think it needs to be changed. I mean, what do you understand the nature of monitoring and evaluation to be currently? I would say in the field in general, I think we are at a bit of an inflection point. Um, we are facing, as a world, uh, facing a number of very complex, thorny challenges, whether that's climate change or 
um, the coronavirus pandemic or, or what have you. And this is sort of triggering a lot of realization that we need to do monitoring and evaluation differently to enable us to, to really understand and tackle these types of problems that don't have clear cause and effect relationships. There's a lot of uncertainty. We can't plan for and anticipate everything up front. And I feel we're at a point in the field of, of sort of monitoring and evaluation where people feel and recognize this tension and this issue. And there's a lot of interest in trying out something else to do something else. So a lot of talk and, and theories around this, but I think a lot of desire to actually do things differently because there are a lot of limitations or challenges associated with, with how m is currently done. So tell me a bit more about that. What, what do you think are some of the limitations of the way we do business right now? First of all, I want to say that there are a lot of good intentions and a lot of you know, good work happening in, in general and good intentions behind how things are currently done. We you want to ensure accountability. We want to make sure we focus on results. We want to ensure there's value for money and efficiencies and so on. Um, and we want to do things in a rigorous way. However, the way things are currently done, or business uh, is currently done, isn't really enabling us to learn and to use this learning to adapt, especially when working on complex systems challenges where we can't plan for everything up front and we don't know what the solutions are. So the pendulum, as it were, is very much in, in the side of, of accountability and compliance and that tends to lead people to focus more on reporting and, and hitting whatever targets they have in the results framework rather than stop, take a step back, reflect on what is it we're learning, what is it we need to do differently. So enabling ME to be a vehicle for, for learning and not only accountability and maybe rethinking accountability, what we are accountable for. Uh, because measuring, measuring for accountability sometimes corrupts the process in a way. It, it creates some incentives to mo focus more on kind of hitting your targets because that's associated with your funding or, or how you perform as an individual or, or what have you. And focuses less on learning, measuring for, for really learning and, and using that learning to make decisions and doing this in a sort of kind of transparent, open, honest way. Um, I also think M&E is, as it's currently done, can be quite extractive. So not necessarily that focus on empowering people closest to the ground who are working on tackling these complex problems, but a bit more on feeding information up the chain, whether those are to managers high up in organizations or, or to donors who are funding initiatives. So thinking through for whom are we doing M&E? And can we make sure that the ME is not only something that de benefits donors and, and higher-ups, but something that empowers people on the ground to, to tackle complex problems? If we don't change the way we do monitoring and evaluation, what, what do you think the consequences of our inaction will be? It's a really good question. I think there are a few dimensions to it. I, I think one consequence is that we will continue to struggle to learn and adapt. So to actually draw lessons from what we're doing continuously and using this to make decisions in a timely fashion. This inevitably results in less effective interventions, especially in situations or contexts where there's a lot of uncertainty and, 
and rapid change. It also makes it hard to focus on higher level change and how we are contributing to those higher level impacts that we are all really interested in. Um, focus will tend to be mainly on sort of easily measurable and easily aggregatable indicators across many different interventions. And, and it's very difficult to um, sort of establish some sort of direct attribution between what one organization is doing and, and the wider impact. So people sometimes tend to focus a bit more on the immediate level sort of outputs and activities. So shifting the focus towards how we are part of a bigger story of change and how we are contributing to that uh, would be an effect, a positive effect of, of change and, and sort of one of the consequences of the status quo is that we, we tend to maybe not focus on that as much or we are unable with our current ways of working to really capture those higher level changes in a meaningful way. One of the things I think I love about monitoring and evaluation is the side you're describing as a bit of the dark side, which is its obsession with progression and tidy formality, this idea that you can do an act, an action that leads to an output that contributes to an outcome and contributes to impacts. Whereas in fact, you're describing something much more circular and much more iterative, something far less clear, something a little more challenging. Um, if monitoring and evaluation is done differently and it does in fact support adaptation and learning, how would it look? I mean, what would that mean in practical terms for M&E systems? That is a good question. I, first of all, we say I very much agree with you that it's sort of a, there's a shift here from some of these very kind of looking ahead, planning, linear, rigorous um, processes towards something that's more, much more kind of circular, iterative. Uh, not that that is less rigorous, but it's a different way of thinking about rigor. I think, uh, first of all, what some sort of different way of m &E would look like, I, I think there, there won't be, and I definitely don't have any sort of big master plan for that. Um, I think it is useful to be a bit more problem focused to try to think through what are the different types of problems we want m and &E to solve and then begin to mix and match different approaches and types of data and, and ways of working that, that addresses that. Different people and different organizations struggle with different types of challenges. Uh, some might be very focused on like, or some might be really grappling with the issue of how do we introduce learning loops and how do we improve our ability to adapt based on what we're learning. Others might be grappling with a question of like, how do we measure systems change or, or, or our contribution to some of these big, bigger change processes out there. So different people are grappling with different things. And I think a useful starting point is just to clarify what is it we want from, from M&E and what are the different ways in which we can put something together, a framework, a ways of working that that helps us do that. Uh, and that would look a bit different from organization to organization, but it's important to be open to many different types of methods and approaches and different types of data, recognizing that, you know, quantitative as well as qualitative data are, are useful, different types of methods uh, for collecting data or analyzing it or thinking about change 
will be useful and, and there won't be one that sort of applies across. However, I, I think generally based on a lot of the conversations I've had within UDP, but also with many other organizations, I, I think there are three buckets of, of things that, that we would need M&E to, to kind of help us, us, do, us do. One is that question around how do we continuously learn and adapt? The second one is around how do we know if we are on track? How do we track change and assess whether we are sort of contributing to some sort of higher level results and how do we measure those results anyway or those types of changes? And then there's a third question, which is the accountability one. How do we make sure that we are accountable to the different people or organizations that we're accountable to, but doing that in a way that retains our flexibility and, and incentivizes us to learn and adapt and not sort of just do whatever we said we would do up front and, and hitting whatever KPIs that we had committed to and the get-go. And these things don't, these questions are not new and they're not revolutionary, but I think the devil's in the detail in, in terms of how you do these different bits, uh, where there's a lot of innovation happening. Uh, we're definitely learning a lot and a lot of other organizations doing really interesting things to rethink each of these buckets. So, I mean, really what you're talking about is in fact well described in the term a sandbox because you are having to try new things and you're not coming in with a sense of having the answers but of trying and seeing what works and scaling up and rolling out when it does and cutting back when it doesn't. I guess one of the things that really reminds me of is a lot of the conversation that goes on around software development at the moment which is meant to be failing fast and being as agile as possible. I'm, I'm intrigued by this, um, this idea that underpins a lot of your work and a lot of what you're talking about of, of emergence and, and being comfortable with trying things and, and, and not imagining that you are operating with some recipe. Um, is that something that you're very intentional about? Is that something that you seek to hardwire into the way the sandbox operates? I would say yes, um, but it is difficult. It is a big, not only a change in sort of, you know, capabilities or skills and what have you and, and our hard systems in an organization, but, but really a change in, in mindsets and what people are comfortable with because it is a very different way of working. When you work more iteratively, you know, the, you work with emergence, things kind of come out of the process and you can't plan for everything up front that makes people uneasy. We, we like to know what will be happening and how things, what things will look like throughout the whole duration of a, let's say, a five-year um, program or, or, or portfolio work. And we need to figure out ourselves of how we kind of change our mindsets and, and, and our ways of working so that we're comfortable with this way of, of doing business. Um, but also we need to support the, the partners that we work with, whether those are donors that are also very used to certain ways of working and certain ways of structuring funding and the types of accountability mechanisms that they feel comfortable or, or feel need to be part of, of any sort of funding agreement for work. And similarly with, with governments we work in and uh, work with in, in poor and, and middle-income countries as a, you know, kind of a, bit of work to to be done to help kind of enable people and feel, make people feel comfortable with with these new ways of working so it is something that we are are quite 
uh, focused on. It's not always something that we would address sort of head on, but as people begin to dive into this process or try new things, they kind of, you begin to surface these types of tensions or these types of mindsets, and then you could begin to kind of work on them uh, together because we, we have as much to, to learn and change within ourselves as, as the partners that we work with. I'm, I'm trying to imagine what you're describing in my own work and I can well imagine um, being more easy in relation to these issues with the people I work with, but I don't know that my donors and the people who finance me would trust me in the ways I would need them to if I was to operate in an emergent way. And I think this whole idea of trust and relationships is so central to what you're describing. And I wonder if you've thought much about how you create those kinds of relationships that allow emergence and trust. That's such a good question. I completely agree. I think trust is key in this connection and, and a bit of risk appetite. Um, and I think how we're trying to think about it and approach it is we won't be changing anything at a dramatic scale from the get-go. You know, we aren't able to influence how all donors in, in the development space are, are structuring their funding and, and what have you. Uh, but we can begin to pick certain um, focus areas or certain pockets of, of areas of work within our own organization and and certain people, in, in uh, whether those are government partners or, 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 or people in in donor agencies that are interested in these types of things, beginning to to build a relationship to, you know, you don't want this to come off as some sort of transactional kind of exchange, but more let's begin to talk about these things, surface our sort of the challenges that we are facing with the current ways of working and 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 how we're interested in, in seeing things done differently. And, and over that sort of relationship building period, you begin to build that trust and then you might begin to or be able to identify certain pockets of, okay, let's actually try something out in this specific case. And you can, again, frame it a bit like a sandbox. It's a space where you can kind of be a bit more messy and you can kind of break certain things and it's, it's going to be okay. Um, but then you can begin to use those types of experiences, showcase them to as examples of this is actually how you can do things differently yet. You know, so you kind of begin to use these pockets to kind of create these ripple effects um, off of these pockets of, of uh, experimentation and, and where trust has been done, where there is some sort of proof of concept that, that things can be done a different way. And, and I think the coming back to the, the point you made earlier and around the sandbox as well is, you know, we're not trying to sort of document some sort of established best practice, but we are trying to kind of collectively co-create the next practice on m &E and and we don't know necessarily what that would look like, but we think that the odds of getting to something useful are probably much higher if we do it together uh, in a bit of a safe space rather than sort of trying to do it on our own. I guess the the flip side of, of what's needed is is a willingness to be vulnerable and to acknowledge the things that are difficult and, and which are not going well. And I know for myself that being vulnerable is quite hard when you are experiencing 
challenges. You know, it's much easier to pretend everything's fine, even if they aren't really. Um, tell us more about what's actually happening in the sandbox. So how is the work structured there and what are some of the things that you're excited about? Where are you at in that process? I very much agree with your point around vulnerability. It is a much more vulnerable position to be in. Just to start out saying, you know, we don't necessarily know what the solutions are to these really complex problems that the world is facing. Um, and we're not going to pretend we know. So let's do something where we're able to continuously learn and adapt based on, on what we're doing. And I think that, you know, that is a point of you are quite vulnerable because you, 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 you know, you might have other people that then saying, well, if you come to us, we know exactly what to do and, and how to solve these problems. So you kind of have to build that relationship of trust and, and some sort of recognition that, you know, we, we're in this together and, and, you know, based on this foundation of trust, we can maybe move forward to, to find some sort of ways of working that, that helps us tackle these problems. Coming to your, your question around what is happening in the sandbox. A few different things are, are happening. There's a lot, first of all, a lot is happening. We have many people and organizations uh, have signed up and said they, you know, raise their hand and said, we want to be part of this. Uh, many more than I had thought. And that I think is a testament to the inflection point that we're currently in and, and the appetite to actually do something different. Many organizations are grappling with these same types of challenges. So so coming together and sort of learning collectively is, is something that appeals to a lot of people. We, I think there are, it's useful to think through a few different layers of, of the sandbox. Um, first, we, we're convening a series of conversations where we try to explore certain topics in depth that we know people are grappling with and that we know are important elements of rethinking M&E in the context of, of complexity and uncertainty. Just last week, uh, we had a session that was focused on measurement. Like, what is the role of measurement when you do monitoring and evaluation in, in, in complex settings? Like, how do we rethink um, what counts as evidence? How do we rethink for whom we measure? For what purpose do we measure? You know, compliance and, and, and fear and control or, or learning and curiosity and, and collaboration. So one example of, of certain topics that we're beginning to explore in the sandbox where we are surfacing different examples of, of work, how different organizations or people are trying to do something different um, on that issue, whether that's measurement or how you shift focus towards learning or how you do um, adaptation and adaptive management. In this context, we're trying to, as I mentioned earlier, give credibility, legitimacy to these different efforts to connect them to you each other to be a bit stronger together. It's much easier to push for change in your own organization if you're able to point to other organizations and the people that are doing same similar things. Say, so, you know, we're not crazy for proposing this. Others are doing the same things uh, and it might help us overcome these challenges that we are grappling with as an organization. In addition to these more curated talks, there is a more under the sort of behind the under the surface series of conversations that are a bit more curated where we try to begin to link up certain organizations that are grappling with um similar types of challenges or trying to experiment with with um you know similar types of approaches to foster these types of exchanges um and then begin to surface that back in, into the wider community 
And lastly, we are identifying uh, interesting cases to, to learn from, to document in case studies and so on, but also to begin to, to do our own experimentation and experimentation with some of the other organizations and people in the sandbox. So moving from just having conversations towards uh, actually doing stuff, moving from just documenting what has already been done towards collectively trying to, to experiment. So this, for instance, is uh, with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, where we are launching a, a collaboration, um, but, but many other um, sort of opportunities out there for, for doing things together, where we try to, to rethink some aspect around monitoring and evaluation. If, if people want to either participate or stay in touch and hear more about your work, how, how can they do that? They are very welcome to to reach out. Uh, we have a blog post, and we have a sort of a blog where we are, you know, on a regular basis sharing insights from the sandbox. There's contact information there as well. We'll soon be be launching a um, ME Sandbox uh, website where where people uh, can read a bit more and also reach out. Um, but for now, if they Google UNDP ME Sandbox. They find a bunch of materials, including contact information, and and everyone who's interested is very welcome to to reach out and join, because uh, we're curious to to hear from you and learn from you. And I think speaking for the GEI, we would love to learn more and maybe contribute some of our experiences and learn from some of your case studies. Um, Sorin, thank you so much. It's really been interesting to hear your perspective. And I think so much of what you're saying resonates with me, especially in relation to bringing, I guess, an emotional wisdom to some of the work that we do and, and being willing to think about it differently. Is there anything you'd like to end with? Any thought that you'd like to share? Not other than uh, thank you for, for inviting me, me on the podcast and, and thank you for, for doing these podcasts and, and your work. Um, we are also very interested in, in continuing to working with you, learning from you. So I'm, I'm happy that, that we're able to have these conversations. Thanks for listening to Powered by Evidence. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. This is our pilot season, so we'd love to hear what you think please join the conversation. You can find us on Twitter and LinkedIn or leave a comment on the podcast page on the GEI website at globalevaluationinitiative.org. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. 